This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Right Spot with Dunedin UNESCO's City of Literature. Robin Belton is known as one of New Zealand's most accomplished illustrators of children's books. Uh, she studied at Canterbury University School of Fine Arts, where Russell Clark was an inspiring mentor. Uh, over four decades, Robin has illustrated the Greedy Cat series of school readers, written by Joy Cowley. And with the author uh, Jennifer Beck, she produced The Bantam and the Soldier, the New Zealand children's book of the year winner in 1997, and The Anzac Violin, uh, from 2018, a story based on Alexander Aiken's experience during the First World War, which provided inspiration for Anthony Ritchie when he composed his renowned Oratario Gallipoli to the Somme. So many achievements over uh, a great career. And I'm very pleased to say that Robin Belton joins us here on Otago Access Radio now. Robin, uh, Morena, good to have you with us. Morena, Jeff. <laughs> Robin, um, the, a great series of accomplishments, but uh, our listeners will have noticed that uh, we had some music playing behind us there for a little while. Um, tell us why that music's important to you. Oh, that was the soldier's favourite. That's um, the piece Humoresque, which was written by Dvorak. And when Alexander Aiken played his violin to, the, to his men, to his to the soldiers, they always wanted that one, that lovely humoresque, and I can I can see why. It was just such a lovely, upbeat um, tune, <laughs> and that became um, the signature tune, really, for his company and um, the soldiers' favourite. City of Literature and Dunedin Public Libraries have commemorated Anzac Day this year with the display at the City Library's ground floor featuring uh, your illustrations from uh, the book we mentioned before. Um, I guess every time Anzac Day rolls around, uh, it uh, reminds you of the significance of that work and of his uh, story as well. Yes, indeed. Um that was just such a wonderful honour to be able to um, illustrate that book and work with Jennifer Beck um, on it. And actually, it took me almost the same time as, as the First World War to work on that book <laughs> and bring it to publication. Um, but every morning I, I, while I was working on it, I walked up the hill and looked down the Otago Harbour and there, like a beacon in the distance, was that wonderful... Soldier Memorial, you know, the Soldier Mo- Monument. Yes. Um, and I just felt every morning that was my, that kept me on task. <laughs> it was my focus for the day. I would I would look at that. And actually, curiously, that monument is very close to the Aiken Farm where Alexander Alexander's um, grandparents lived on Seal Point Road. So... Both Jennifer and I felt very much, very close to him as we worked on this book together and we went on many trips <laughs> on a peninsula where Alexander would have walked as a young man. How yeah. did that 
collaboration come about? And I guess it's a you know it's an interesting question for all um, connections that an illustrator makes with uh, another work. But you tell us about the history of that collaboration. Ah, right. Well, well, two books really. The first um, thing was the Bantam and the Soldier book, which you mentioned before, and. Um, Jennifer Beck had, and I had been writing and illustrating quite a number of children's books. The Choosing Day was one, and um, one day we were at a book launch for one of our books, and we saw we were sitting underneath the cenotaph in Auckland, outside Auckland Museum, and looking at all the names of the young men. And Jennifer said, "You know, I bet none of those young men even wanted to go to war." And um, she asked me about my experience my family, you know, what what did we do on Anzac Day, for example? And she told me that she had this beautiful postcard from the First World War, which her great-uncle Arthur had sent out um, from, from Europe. And on it, it had a special message for Bertha, the little girl he... he referred to in the book and Bantaman a soldier and of course Bertha is Jennifer Beck's mother. So this was brought out every year in her family and read out to her and she said as a child she didn't really realise the huge significance of that until she had children of her own and, and you know, grown up and had her own sons and sort of um and that was the first thing. She I told her that my family had lost um Great family lost three uncles, so I, I don't have any uncles. They were all killed in the Second World War. And um, she said, you know what, I'm going to write a story to help children of today understand Anzac better, Anzac Day. So she wrote that Bantaman the Soldier, and then some all these years later, when the 100-year commemoration was happening, um, we were both asked if we could write another story for, for now, for 2015 it was, and of course for the four years of commemoration we worked on Anzac violin. Um, we'd heard about the violin, that, um, that beautiful violin with all the names that Alexander Aiken had written in the case. And we'd heard about it and so we, we um, called up the Otago Boys High School and went to visit the violin and that was just such an, a moving experience, seeing this, this incredible old instrument. And I'm sure you would have seen it, Jeff, and a lot of us would have seen it during the commemoration because it was on display at Toitu at the Settlers Museum. And um, that was that was really how we got to be doing the Anzac Violin book. <laughs> You know, what is your hope when you complete a project like that in terms of what it might offer the young reader? And, and have you had an opportunity to gauge, and you know, in, in general, the response to the work? Right. Um, firstly, I think it's a wonderful way of how to talk um, to our children about history. And I think we always hope that Somehow, it would show that war was indefinable. It was just nonsensical. But in actual fact, peace is, is, is the very best thing. So this is 
um, but, but also to honour the, the people who served. Um, and I think we wanted to bring the stories to a, you know, a younger audience so that these people would not be, their contribution would not be forgotten. When you're given a, a, a task such as this, how much of a conversation do you have with the writer about what might be represented on the page in your work? In other words, uh, how much direction, if you want that kind of uh, reference, uh, might there be? Or are you happy and asked to work independently? Um, I love to work very closely with my writers. Um and on this occasion, Jennifer and I had many, many times together for um, both of those two books, uh, particularly the Anzac Violin, because Jennifer came down, um, we had a fellowship which we shared here at the university, and so Jennifer came down from Auckland, and we worked together a lot. Um, we spent a lot of time in Hocken, for example, and we would find things you know, independently, but then we would come together and discuss them and um, choose what sort of thing would be the most heartfelt you know, thing that might um, inspire a reader, a young reader. And some of the things we found, uh, Alexander's papers in the Hocken and his lovely notebooks, they were just so wonderful to see. You know, the, the actual little humble notebooks that he kept in his pocket while he was on Gallipoli and right through to the song, and they were sort of like a diary. And he wrote, you know, he would hear things like um, somebody singing um, a tune, and he'd actually go and scribble that down quickly, you know, the musical notes. <laughs> um, or, or all those little recollections were things like that. Um, were enriching for me and I and for Jennifer, and I suppose we had to have the long process of of gathering images and gathering information. We then had to just um, let it sit for a while and then bring it to, bring it to um, either to publication and pictures and so that it would be something that would touch our hearts. <laughs> So that how, yes, indeed. How different then uh, that approach from from the work you might do, say, for example, on the Greedy Cat series? <laughs> yes, very different. <laughs> I think Greedy Cat writes his own stories. <laughs> he's he's got an insatiable um, a, a, um, appetite, <laughs> alas. But um, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun doing the Greedy Cat books. It's a very different experience. I mean, every book is. Is a different kind of a way. You have to um, feel your way into it. For example, in Duck in the Gun, I that that was a, a Joy Carly book that was really her first book, first anti-war book, a book she wanted for peace in the world for all children. And um, she said her her brief to me in that book was um, treat it as a spoof, you know, kind of as a send up. So I. I used a kind of caricature style in that book um, to bring the humour out. Yeah. Well, I wish I could show you the pictures. <laughs> 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 I 
Presum- killing you the pictures. Indeed. <laughs> Presumably, Robin, you, you enjoy being tested by different styles, different projects. Mm. Yes, that, I hadn't thought of that, but that's true, yes. <laughs> and, you know, do you have um, a reservoir of approaches that that you regularly call on? Uh, obviously, when you're contributing regularly to a series such as Greedy Cat, that's that's established for you. But are you are you waiting to be called into a project that will test some other type of style that you're keen to use? Um, that's very interesting, Billy. Um, well, I'm at the moment. I am in the background, trying to <laughs> struggling with a project that, I, that I've been living with for many years and wanting to do, and that's another true story of a, of a shipwreck, um, another New Zealand true story. Um, and that that requires, yes, a sort of research and a different approach from um, a school reader or, you know, a, um, or a, yeah, a greedy cat book. <laughs> Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm up to it. <laughs> I, I've done lots of the painting for it, but I'm 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 still looking for the, the right words. That's the hard part. <laughs> I'm thinking back to my own childhood and flicking through my favourite illustrated story books. One of the things that I recall was sometimes I wouldn't bother with the words. If the if the illustrations were, um, you know, deep enough, I might just immerse myself in those and create my own story around that. Uh, you know, are you, did you respond to illustrations uh, as a girl in the same way? Was it a fascination for you? Absolutely. What a, <laughs> that's so lovely hearing your your response. Picture power. <laughs> it's just everything, isn't it? And. It's a, I feel it's quite a huge responsibility, really, as an illustrator to, you know, to carry the whole, you, you, you know, your responsibility is you are carrying the whole import of the story, but you don't want to overshadow the words, and you, um, you want to work alongside them and and, you know, bring another interpretation. So I, I'm thrilled that 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 you, like me, as a child, <laughs> immerse yourself in the in the illustrations. I mean, I think um, one of the things I loved as a child was the detail of illustrations. And the more detail there was to explore, the more rich the experience as a reader. You know what I mean? So we read the words. (laughs) We feel the pictures and we read the words. um, And we read the pictures, indeed. So, yeah, I I know I remember books... um, I remember a very, very early book that I loved, Beatrix Cotter's The Tailor of Gloucester was one. And again, the, um, the, the beauty of the watercolour illustrations, I realise now it was probably a huge influence on my work when I think about it. You know, the use of watercolour and the, the detail and the background and things like that. Is, is that kind of what you meant? <laughs> Absolutely. Are you? Uh, do you work quickly once you know um, what you're planning to do? Do you work quickly, or do you 
do you labour over things? You've suggested in this piece that you're not quite sure about that maybe uh, it might take you some time to find the right place. Yes. Um, well, probably, probably I am quite a slow painter um, in the sense that in, with watercolour, you it is such an exacting kind of task um, and you, you, you can't just sort of rush it <laughs> with, with a finished painting on good watercolour paper. But the, the, the early drawings, the first roughs, uh, come really quite quickly and you jot them down and um, think about them and then revise them and things like that. But yes, I, I take my time probably to, to the annoyance of publishers. <laughs> but I think, you know, you can't shortchange the child reader. I, I, I think it's so important to put your heart and soul into things, really. So they can have a um, a, um, a lovely, rich experience, both written and you know, and artistically. It's the, often their first um, experience of art, isn't it? You know, often their very first experience of seeing paintings, although they probably don't think of book illustrations as such. But it, it, it really is. It's, Gosh, we could have a, a whole lot of conversation around that, Robin. Um, I'm, uh, unfortunately, we're running short of time, so it's it's. I want to thank you for taking some time just to give us a glimpse into your world here on Right Spot on Otago Access Radio. I know um, coming back uh, to the work around the Anzac violin that you were you wanted to reflect on uh, some of Alexander Aiken's own words. Oh yes, well. The, the lovely quote he, he um, wrote alongside his, his violin. And of course, the violin had all the place names that he most carefully printed inside the violin case. But um, there it is on display as a very precious thing in, in Otago Boys High School. And um, the little words, the little, the little um, plaque that goes with his violin with, were Alexander Aiken's own words. And he said... Um, just something quite simple. It will outlive me, but it will be a reminder to all who see it of the service and sacrifice of New Zealanders in the face of war. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Robin Belton, thank you so much for taking some time to join us here on Otago Access Radio for our right spot. We look forward to, to enjoying more of your wonderful illustrations and the works that have given so much to so many over the years. Oh, thank you so much. Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.